Hello everyone, today is Friday, June 17th, and this is the Sam's Report. So if you're trying to watch the video and you're wondering why there is no video this week, um, as I have noted the past couple times, I'm in the process of actually building a studio in my basement, and this has been the nuclear week. So my entire office is completely destroyed right now, and getting actually my microphone and everything else set up was a bit of a challenge. And there's really nothing to see. Uh, everything is down off the walls. It's just uh, cinder block. And, well, on the floor there is now what's called dry core, which is um, it's a material that has, like, a plastic bottom and then, uh, like, a wood material on the top that gives you some separation between the floor for sound dampening and just, I don't know, make things a little bit easier to work with. And blue lines all over the floor where things are going to be put down. So the good news is actually tomorrow material is actually supposed to show up at my house for the walls and I should be able to hopefully, with a bit of luck, get one wall done before next week's show. So hopefully I can go back to video, but the entire studio will definitely not be done because we just ordered the desks. Um, actually, we're going to order them today and they'll take, uh, I think, two to three weeks to arrive. So it's going to be a little bit of a mishmash here, but we're going to continue on because I love doing the show and it's a lot of fun. I look forward to this every week. So that's just kind of why there's no video and hopefully next week there will be. A couple other kind of housekeeping announcements here. So I've talked about this as well. Throt.com should have a pretty big announcement. I think it's going to come next week and it's, it's going to kind of give some insight to some of the things we've been working on and some of the things that are still to come. Um, there won't be, there'll be a, a decent amount of things to show off next week, I believe. But, um, the full kit and caboodle will come, you know, rolling nicely along afterwards. But it should be a lot of fun. I'm super excited about it. And look for that hopefully next week. And I'm pretty confident we'll hit that, that milestone next week. So just be on the lookout for that. And, oh, other things. Um, I'm headed to Microsoft's Worldwide Partner Conference in mid-July, taking place uh, in Toronto this year. So if you are headed to that event, please let me know. And, you know, I'm sure we'll have some sort of meetup. I know Paul is going. Uh, I believe Mary Jo is going as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Mid-July, Toronto. I'll be there. If you'll be there, let me know. So what happened this week? Actually, oh my God. What a crazy week. We had Microsoft stuff all over the place. We had a major Apple event that kind of impacts the Microsoft world a little bit. And just... Just a good tech week in general. I mean, if you're a tech fan, a gadget fan, person, love software, this was a good week for you. We had E3, which was crazy, and all the other good stuff. So let's just kind of dive in here, shall we? So we actually got two new builds of Windows 10 this week. One uh, went out. I very much appreciate that they do this. They pushed it out at 9 p.m. Eastern time, which for anybody in Europe, which would, would have been significantly later, 2, 3 in the morning. And got a love that they're doing that. I will say that I missed the 1 p.m. drops uh, so you know, a lot because it's, well, 9 p.m. trying to update. So just kind of focus on the the second build that went out, which was 14367. I believe the one previous in the week was 14366. So they're basically back-to-back -back builds, which should tell you that they're getting really confident in the stability of the platform, which makes sense, right? They've been doing these massive bug bashes. We've known for a while now that features have been locked down and... Um, you know, they're going to launch this stuff here in about a month or so. So every build should be pretty dang stable that's coming out. And I'm, I'm expecting that we're going to see them more frequently, mostly because, hey, look, we're getting close to the final countdown here. Um, things should be a lot better. So two builds this week. Uh, one of the big things that was announced yesterday is that Microsoft is actually cutting Kids Corner 
out of the mobile build. So yesterday, just for clarification, was a desktop and mobile build. And Kids Corner is being cut, unfortunately. They decided that it was not used a lot. Uh, actually, they decided really low usage. And considering it's a small user base to begin with, really low usage in that. And they decided to cut. I also think there might be some other things, too, is that Kids Corner doesn't exist on the desktop. So this is a mobile-specific only feature. And I think they might have done this to help keep parity with the desktop just to make development a little bit faster. Now, they did say, hey, if you really liked Kids Corner and you're using it, you can check out App Corner, which offers similar-ish style features, but not quite the same and uh, robust as Kids Corner. But that will be gone starting with the anniversary update in July. But um, yeah, so you can download build 14367 right now if you want. And yeah, let me know how it is. St stability so far, it seems pretty good for me. And I would hopefully expect the same for you. One really good thing that has been noted by my good friend, uh, Walking Cat. And we've been talking about, he and I have been talking about this for a while. And I've been talking about it since I think about December, are OneDrive placeholders. The last couple builds have omitted uh, a feature called Cloud Files. Now, Cloud Files are pretty much what everybody believes to be placeholders from OneDrive. The good news here in 14367, cloud files are back. Yeah, no, that's really good news. Um, I'm hoping Microsoft will maybe start talking about what cloud files are, but I think the name is pretty easy to figure out. It's a file in the cloud, which should be a OneDrive placeholder. So that documentation and uh, hints about cloud files are back in the latest builds. This is really good news. I'm really, I got really kind of upset when they pulled that from the last couple ones, thinking, hey, maybe they're giving up on this again for the second time. But now they're back. Looks like development has kicked back up for cloud files. So hopefully Microsoft will begin talking about this again. So that's Windows uh, 10 Insider News this week. Still nothing for the slow ring. I'm surprised we haven't heard anything about the slow ring being this far out. Uh, far along, I should say. I would imagine that one of these builds might get tossed into the slow ring, either 14366 or 367, um, but we shall see here. So that is insider news for the week. Let's jump into the kind of the big kit and caboodle, actually the $26 billion kit and caboodle. So Microsoft bought LinkedIn this week, and this was, this was kind of crazy. So Microsoft is spending $26.2 billion dollars in cash, I believe, mostly in cash. I think they're actually borrowing some money to do this, even though they have it on hand, probably because borrowing money is really cheap right now. Uh, but still, they're paying $26.2 in cash. And, oh boy. So, Microsoft doesn't have the best track record when it comes to large acquisitions like this. Aquantiv, which was like a $6 billion acquisition they completely wrote off. We saw, obviously, Nokia, that handset assets um, written off. Now, the one difference between those two kind of acquisitions uh, versus what we see here is this is a much more forward-thinking, like the OneDrive or the Nokia assets uh, were very much reactive. It's like they, they felt like they had to do it. So that is whatever. Aquantiv was kind of along the same way. They wanted to get into more deeper advertising and kind of stop Google, but that didn't really work out so well. They did do Skype. Skype is kind of like a mixed story. Um, obviously it's still around and still very much used, so it's not a complete tragedy, but it also really hasn't blown up, um, in popularity, I think in the way that they might've hoped and replaced messaging, uh, across all platforms. But, you know, here we are 26.2 billion for LinkedIn. One 
kind of thing to keep in mind here is apparently Salesforce actually approached LinkedIn about an acquisition. And Salesforce and LinkedIn makes a lot of sense because it's sales, LinkedIn has a ton of data, and apparently LinkedIn went to Microsoft and says, hey, Salesforce is trying to buy us. Um, and then Microsoft is like, hey, <laughs> we'll buy you. And so there we go. So they they now own or will be owning here soon LinkedIn once everything gets approved, regulation sign off and all that good stuff and cash changes hands. And what are they gonna do with it? So I've got mixed feelings about this. One, I'm worried that, that we'll see a $26 billion write-off here in the next five years. We'll see what happens. But Microsoft is what they're thinking here is that LinkedIn, the social network, is gonna be the next framework or place that people and companies are gonna start sharing content, sharing documents, sharing work-related stuff. This is very much a productivity-related purchase. Um, and I, I can see how they can they think this might play out, is that everyone's gonna start just sharing and communicating across LinkedIn eventually. And LinkedIn is already very much deeply entrenched in the enterprise world for recruitment and new employees and finding talent and retaining um, information and just scouting your competitors. So it does tie into the enterprise world. I, I understand that. And I think with Office 365 being potentially tied in deeper, if you want to share content with a a client at a different company, you can do it through LinkedIn, I think is what they're thinking here. And they're going to use this social framework or, or network to make that possible. Now, the question is, is that worth $26 billion? That remains to be seen. Uh, because it's such a large acquisition, it's obviously material. Microsoft had to stop their stock trading. And we should be able to follow this asset on uh, their earnings. So we'll, we'll know really quick whether or not this was a good acquisition. One thing to keep in mind about LinkedIn, the last two years they've lost money. So I believe they have roughly $3 billion in revenue. I'm trying to remember correctly, but they still lost money. Um, they were not a profitable entity the past two years, and uh, they actually had a really rough quarter uh, earlier this year, and their stock price dipped down into the 130s, and Microsoft is paying a 196 per share premium. So that's a really steep premium compared to what they were offering, which is why they sold. So LinkedIn will be impressively interesting to watch because Mike, this is Nadella's... Uh, first big bet, right? I mean, he's done things, he's, he's made transitions to as-a-service models, and we've seen things, you know, shift internally. But this is where he's really just taking a bunch of capital and buying up an asset. And this will kind of be, not starting his legacy, but this will be a, a huge mile marker in his legacy is saying, okay, Nadella's, you know, running this thing full steam, he's written off some assets, now he's ready to start buying. And... He bought LinkedIn. We'll see what happens. A lot of people were hoping that they would buy Slack. Uh, internally at the company, I have heard, and I believe Mary Jo has said this a couple times too, is that they feel that there's too much overlap with what Slack does versus what Microsoft already offers. Not that that should really stop them because they've bought overlapping products before, but we'll see. They didn't buy Slack. Um, I think this also very much means that Microsoft is not buying Salesforce. There were a lot of rumors or kind of speculation that Microsoft would actually go after Salesforce and try to buy them. But they're buying, they're spending $26 billion on LinkedIn. I don't think they're going to be buying Salesforce because it would be more expensive. So keep that in mind. Microsoft, LinkedIn, $26.2 billion cheddars. Okay, enough of that. E3, let's dive in. E3 was amazing. I think... I know I'm a little bit biased here, but I think Microsoft had a much better E3 than Sony. Sony's got their VR stuff coming later this year, so maybe maybe Sony has it a little bit better. 
because they're going to have their product out first. Although the early reviews of what Sony is doing, and I firmly believe this using an HTC Vive, you cannot take a 2D or 3D game and turn it into a VR experience. It doesn't work. It, you need to start from the ground up. If you take, like, you can't take Overwatch and put it into the VR and it's going to be great. It doesn't work. Um, and that's a lot of what Sony, Sony announced with their VR stuff is... Hey, this game is coming to VR too, but it it doesn't work. And just trust me on that. It it sounds great. It on paper it's like, "Oh, yeah, Fallout 4 on VR." Unless they built Fallout 4 from the ground up, it doesn't work. It it just it's hard to port from the console typical console to a VR experience. It, I don't know. They haven't found the right magic yet. But anyways, I think Microsoft did it better. And here's what, let, you know, let's dive in. We probably already know the announcements, but we're going to walk through each one. So what did they announce? Let's kick it off with custom controllers. So Microsoft announced custom controllers. The sad thing about custom controllers here is that it's not the Elite. It's the basic uh, standard controller. And you can millions of colors. You can change it up. You can make it your own. And don't get me wrong. They look great. And I believe they're 79 bucks. going to ship this fall. So not the cheapest thing, but you can you can build your own colored controller. They look awesome. But I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish that you could have done the Elite controller. Once you use the Xbox Elite controller, there's no going back. It's great. I love mine. Um, and I highly recommend anybody who plays on Xbox more than five hours a week to buy an Elite controller. You will not regret it. Trust me on this. But anyways, you can go do that now, the Xbox Studio Design Shop, and build your own custom color. And actually, I was wondering... And I don't know if I'll have room for this with the new studio. I'd actually like to build a couple custom controllers to mount on the wall because they look great personally. Um, they're just not the elite ones. So uh, moving on, Xbox One S. This actually leaked out, uh, imagery of it leaked out a day before. So it wasn't the huge, biggest surprise. But yeah, so Xbox One S, 4K video. I believe that is using HDMI 2.0. Uh, updated standard controller, 40% smaller, 299 bucks coming in August in white. And the biggest non-surprise about the new console, no Kinect port. Microsoft stopped including the Kinect with the Xbox One. Um, actually, they decoupled it. I guess you could still buy it, but nobody's buying the Kinect. I, I unhooked mine a long time ago because it's it's... Let's face it; it's useless. Uh, for it, it's useless in the gaming world right now. It's it was never properly utilized. It was too much pomp and circumstance around it, and it Connect still has its applications, but I don't believe it's in the home console at least at this time. So no Connect port. If you do have a Connect and you want to connect it to the device, Microsoft is selling a very odd and whatever. It's a USB adapter that allows you to connect it. Connect the connect to the Xbox One S, so you can get that. It is free, but it's I mean it's a rat nest of wiring and power cables and whatnot to make it work. I'm sure the engineers who had to build that just loved to know that they were building something that was probably never going to be used or extremely rare. But that's the Xbox One S. It is a lot smaller. The other nice thing about it is it has an integrated power supply. So it's it's not just forty percent smaller with a huge brick like laying behind it. No, no. It, I mean, it's it's a nice compact package. Now, the reason I think Microsoft is doing this, and we'll get to this here in a second, um, is this is going to be the long term console. This is going to be the console that is is around for the next seven years. I think. Um, I guarantee that this console is cheaper to build, um, has the four K video output, video playback 
Now keep in mind, that's not 4K gaming, that's just 4K video output. Great for Netflix, and at 299 it's a great little machine. Um, but I think this is a cheaper box to build, and this is going to be their long-term play for the Xbox One, and they're going to phase out the larger one. That's my hunch. And so it comes with, I believe, a 500 gig drive standard for 299, and if you want the 399, then it's a two terabyte. So what was a little bit befuddling about the E3 is not the Xbox One S. It was that Microsoft, I, I can't believe they did this. I'm really surprised, but I'm happy and joyous and whatever. Uh, they announced the Scorpio. They actually talked about Scorpio on stage. And so the Xbox Scorpio is the next, I believe it's going to be considered next-gen hardware because it's going to have 4K gaming, 6 teraflops of power, uh, which isn't, I mean, 6 teraflops is a lot, but go look at what the 1080 uh NVIDIA 1080 can do. Um, it, it's it, in typical console fashion. It's a little bit less, actually a decent amount less than what PC gamers will experience. But also keep in mind that the console is a different beast, right? The console is not a general compute device. So all six teraflops are dedicated towards just gaming. Um, and so you do get some benefits there from the optimization of the hardware uh, dedicated directly towards that. But it's coming in holiday of 2017. There's going to be VR experiences with this stuff. And 4K gaming is already set. But the cool thing is all games that you buy right now are backwards and forwards compatible. Microsoft is making this promise. And Microsoft, I swear, if you go back on this promise like you did the HDTV uh, DVR stuff, you, there's going to be hell to pay. So they made the promise that all games are forwards and backwards compatible that you buy right now. So that is their promise. They better hold to it. But that's kind of their, their offset because it's like, okay, so they announced the Xbox uh, Scorpio is coming uh, next year. Why the heck would you buy an Xbox One S? Well, here's kind of the thing. I think the Scorpio is going to be very expensive, much like all consoles are. I mean, I'm thinking probably $399, $499 potentially. So it's not going to be cheap when it gets announced. The Xbox One S is their long-term play. I would imagine that by the time the Scorpio comes out, I bet the Xbox One S is probably $279, maybe even $249 at that point. So it's going to be much cheaper. Xbox One, uh, the original, might be completely gone off shelves at that point. We'll see what happens. But I think that's their play, is that the Xbox One S is just going to keep ratcheting down in price, and then the Scorpio comes out, and it's their new high-end flagship. So this is kind of what I was talking about before launch. Um, what they can do is, is take the PC model. So they can, they can release a game just like they do for the PC. I mean, this is exactly how it works on the PC. Right now, you can buy a PC game that does 4K and 1080p gaming right, in the same game. And that's what they're going to start doing here for Xbox games is that if you have an Xbox One S and you buy the same game uh, that's on the Scorpio, it just runs at 1080p or whatever, 960p or whatever the heck the resolution is. And, or if you buy it on the Scorpio, then you get it at 4K. Same game, same features, just different resolutions because you're running different devices. It's the exact same way the PC model works. And so what would be interesting to see is if Scorpio games um, ever go to the UWP model. I'd, I'd like to see that because then it would also be onto the PC as well. And we'll see what happens there. But I'm curious what they're going to call this thing. Because it's... And I hope that Microsoft just goes back to Xbox branding. I don't know if they're going to call it like the Xbox Elite. Although they already have an Elite bundle. So I don't know how that's going to work. But they could call it the Xbox Elite. Um, or Xbox One Elite. But 
if they call it the Xbox One, it's a little interesting because then you have the Xbox One S, then you have the original Xbox One, and then you have the other new Xbox One Scorpio. You have three devices called Xbox One. A little confusing for the consumer. Um, but anyways, so the question is, should you buy an Xbox One S? Here's my personal stance on the matter. If you have an Xbox One now and you're going to buy the Scorpio, I don't know if it's really worth it, right? If your Xbox One is running fine, you're not going and you're not going to need the new features unless you have a 4K TV and that's really important to be able to do 4K Netflix, then that's that's for you. But if you have an Xbox One, um, unless you like the white and smaller design, th- there's no real benefit to buying it. it. You'd be better off putting that $299 in the bank and saving it for Scorpio, in my opinion. Now, if you don't have an Xbox One and you're looking to buy one for little Timmy or yourself, I definitely recommend getting the Xbox One S. It's smaller. Uh, it's going to run a little bit better. It should be just a better machine in general. But I don't know if it's really worth the upgrade to go from the original to the Xbox One S. Unless $299 doesn't really make you know much difference in your paycheck, then by all means go for it. But for the average person, I would just say stick with your original Xbox One uh, and wait for the Scorpio. So that's my opinion. Or if you're getting new, you know, grab the S over the, the original at this time. So on that news, Microsoft also announced that the Xbox One... Uh, the original is actually getting a price cut to 279. So there's the kind of the difference about why you might buy the older model is you can save 20 bucks. Now, with that being said, I would still probably get the newer one for 20 bucks more. It's only 20 bucks, but the Xbox One, the original, is now only 279. So that's actually a really good price for a console, and it comes with a game too. Now, granted, if you pay 299 with the original Xbox One, you can get uh, three games. So. Just kind of keep it, keep the value prop in mind, and you know, do what's best for you. Obviously, that by all things, you can't go wrong with either. Let me get that straight. You can't go wrong with either. But if space is an issue, then buy the One S for sure. Uh, if you definitely have a 4K TV, buy the One S. If you're looking for the maximum value out of a console purchase for the upcoming holiday season, get the original Xbox One with three games for 2.99, and you open the box and you're up and running right away. So. That was kind of E3 in a very quick nutshell, but I want to go back through because I started a bunch of rumors. Some of them were true. Most of them were true. I did miss a couple, and I want to talk about this stuff because I, f- I feel it's only right. I mean, I call out other people when they miss their rumors, so I got to you know keep myself accountable too. So let's kind of go through the things that I added to the rumor mill. So about five weeks ago, I said there's a new standard controller coming. Obviously, that was correct. That's the new standard controller. It also has Bluetooth. And I, I nailed that one. I said it was coming, and it did. Um, I also said the Xbox Mini was coming, which is the Xbox One S. And I said it had 4K video, and it was smaller. And I also said it was white. And so obviously all those rumors were correct. Uh, all that information was correct. I also said that Microsoft was bringing Xbox gaming, uh, Xbox and PC players closer together. Uh, so we have Xbox Play Anywhere, and we also have the updated Xbox app with Win32 stuff. So both of those rumors that I started were correct. Uh, the Scorpio information that I talked about with VR, um, that was correct. So obviously the big thing that I missed here were these media streamers. And so I still believe that they are actual real devices, mostly because the a lot of this stuff came from a couple of... All this information came from a couple of sources, and the source who talked about... I should say the two sources that talked about the streamers also talked about other things that were correct. So what I'm thinking here is that Microsoft got really spooked about mentioning anything with the streamer and the TV. 
and um, just because of we've all seen that Xbox E3 video where they, they're like TV, 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 and so they wanted to stay very far away from anything that was non-gaming related, and that's why I don't think we saw the streamers. I do think they still will come because Microsoft has a has an issue. I, sh- I should say not an issue. They have a gap in the low end. Right now, if you want to play um, like groove music on your TV, good luck. So what they're doing is that they have nothing that competes with the Roku and Apple TV space. They have nothing in that space, in that price point, I should say. You could argue the Xbox One uh, at 279 is in that space, but an Apple TV is 100 bucks. a Roku is like 79 69 79 bucks. Microsoft has nothing in that low-end space, and they have nothing close to competing with a Chromecast at that price point. So they created these devices, and I still think that they are coming. I, I think I jumped a gun on when they would be announced. But keep in mind, these devices, I'm still confident they are real, mostly because of the amount of details I got on them uh, suggested that they are real. But I did miss on those coming to E3, but I still believe that they are going to come this year. So I think I did pretty well on my rumor report, um, getting most of the stuff correct. So, you know, just keep it in mind that nobody's perfect, myself included. And there we go. And somebody asked if I was ever going to talk about it. And of course I do. Like, I don't shy away from things I talk about. But, all right. Let's go on to also things this week. We're not going to end with Apple stuff. But we can't ignore WWDC. That's impossible. So Apple had a huge... Uh, they had their version of Build this week. Their Worldwide Developer Conference. So I'm just going to kind of run through the really high points here. But the first thing I was really angry about at Microsoft while watching this, so iOS 10 uh, is all about refinements, and they're, they're coming out with a universal clipboard. Microsoft has this app. It's called OneClip. I played with it um, back when I was at Neowin. I made videos about it. It's up on Neowin. Just search Microsoft OneClip. It's a universal clipboard for Android, iOS, Windows 10, and I think even Mac OS app. Mac OS X, which Apple rebranded to Mac OS. So they have a universal clipboard app that does exactly what Apple announced. And they haven't released it. They've had it for a year. Microsoft, you've had this app for a freaking year and you still haven't released it. It was the greatest thing when it worked because I'd be on my PC and I'd right mouse click copy, open the app on my iPhone, and there it was. Or open the app on my Android uh, Nexus 5, 5X, and there was the content. It It is baffling and so very frustrating that Microsoft has not released this app. They have it. And now, look, Apple's going to beat them to the punch because Microsoft just, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> Universal Clipboard I really something I really want. I'm very passionate about it because it's it's so simple yet so amazingly. I mean, here's the thing. You're, in, you're using Bing Maps or Google Maps. You type in an address and it pulls it up and pulls up your search result, you right mouse click copy, and you can copy it and put it onto your phone faster than the Google backend search syncs. It's, yeah, it's really frustrating. And Microsoft, please, it's called OneClip. You had it. Just release it. Just give it to us. Just let us play with it. Put a preview tag on it, even if it's terrible. And I know it's not terrible because it worked really well when I had it a year ago. <sighs> So iOS 10, a uh, bunch of other refinements coming, some home automation stuff, IoT stuff, and they're making big changes to iMessage, or big improvements, I should say. They're going to make it more fun, hip, friendly, millennial. Uh, one of the rumors at prior to WWDC, like 24, 48 hours, was that iMessage was coming to Android. That did not happen. I think a lot of people were hoping that would happen, but it did not. I actually hope that Apple would release iMessage for Windows 
Um, that would be amazing. But, you know, Apple being Apple, and they don't really care about anybody else but themselves, I don't see that happening uh, too often. Um, one thing Apple mentioned, so Apple actually has a new file system that's all about encryption as a basic standard, and it scales from everything from the watch to the desktop. And this is my belief that this is how Apple will eventually turn the desktop into iOS and completely deprecate OS X eventually, um, possibly. I, I still think that will happen. But they took a lot of pot shots at Google about um, advertising and building profiles and user stuff. And Apple's like, nope, we don't do that, which they don't because Apple doesn't make money from advertising, at least not most of it. They make money from hardware and they are still a hardware company. And so they don't care about building profiles and um, serving you contextual ads. They don't need to. That's just not what they do. So they took a lot of shots at Google. It's kind of funny. One post I, I'm going to have to write up here for Threat here. Um, I'm going to be really interesting to see how Siri or Siri is finally coming to the desktop. And so I did a poll yesterday on Twitter uh, asking how many people actually speak, not use Cortana, but just speak to Cortana. And it was roughly two-thirds of the people said they don't speak to it. Um, I don't personally speak to my PC. It's I just don't like to. Um, it, it's usually more of a pain in the butt. I can type faster, and I know when I type, it's going to be right the first time rather than the dictation, which is good, but you still have to wait. Like, you say something, and then you're like, okay, did it actually dictate it correctly? So I'm going to be curious to see if Apple can actually convince people to talk to their computer. They now have Siri on uh, Mac OS. Mac OS. I just I keep only calling it Mac OS X, but it's just Mac OS. Uh, they're going to have Siri on the desktop, and it functions very similar to Cortana, but I'll be curious to see if they can actually overcome that barrier and get users to talk. So it'll be, it'll be interesting, mostly because Apple has done a good job, for the most part, of getting people to talk to their cell phones. Not talk on, don't get me wrong, but talk to their cell phones. So it might be an easier transition for those users who are already using a Mac once Siri arrives to actually start talking. Um, other things that they talked about, watchOS has been overhauled. It's not a dumpster fire that it has been for the first two iterations. And it's funny, it took it took Apple three tries, three tries to get the interface on the watch to be much better and actually usable. Kind of sounds like Microsoft. It took them three tries to get the Surface. So maybe three really is the charm in the tech space. But watchOS got a major overhaul. If you have an Apple Watch, just keep be on the lookout for that stuff. But yeah, all right, jumping back to Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft has a new tool out, a new refresh tool that makes it easier to do a clean install of Insider builds. Um, I'm not sure if you can do this with standard builds yet, but I'm sure it's eventually coming. But really, it's just an easy way to run the tool and get a complete clean install of Windows. So that tool is now out. I think it's just called Windows Refresh Tool, aptly named. And check it out if you're in, you know, if you need to redo it. Uh, one of the things that this actually really helps with is if you are in an older Insider build and you can't see the new builds, uh, this tool will actually help. Now granted, you're gonna have to refresh, um, but this should actually help get you up to date. Other things uh, announced this week, Microsoft formally announced that it had reorganized their office team at, around tasks. So, you know, if that's, if you keep an eye on Microsoft org charts, they have been reorged. And we're going to end here with Microsoft. Actually, this is kind of funny. I wrote this up just because I thought it was kind of funny here. Microsoft actually released a migration guide going from Chrome OS to Windows. And at first when I saw this, I was like, oh, man, they probably just put together some document. No, this is like really depth and intense 
uh, migration guide. Now granted, Chrome OS isn't really making a lot of penetration in the corporation, in the large corporations, but it definitely is in the educational space. So for um, any schools that are looking to go back to Windows or to Windows from, I don't know, maybe they probably went, more than likely they went Apple to Chrome OS and they're looking to go to Windows, there's actually now a pretty in-depth uh, guide about how to do that from Microsoft. So what a kind of busy week for Microsoft. I'll be curious to see what we have coming up here. Keep in mind that Microsoft's fiscal year end is June 30th. So at the end of June, we'll actually be able to take a full year look at Microsoft's health and see how they're doing, see how this past year went for the company. Uh, earnings come out typically late July, and then we'll have some good stuff. Actually, we're planning some big stuff for throughout here about uh, Microsoft's year end. So keep an eye out for that. And what this really means for you all is that Microsoft is now in the planning stage. If you follow any of the execs online, uh, they're probably grumbling, possibly externally, about having to do budgets and get everything else lined up. But that's kind of what's happening in the world of Microsoft. Things typically at the world in Microsoft world are really busy, crazy right now. July, they slow down. Um, they, they have some big releases, don't get me wrong, but then August is kind of an off month. There's a, a lot of people take vacations uh, in August in the Microsoft org. So this has been, what is today? Today is June 17th. This has been another edition of the Sam's Report. I appreciate everybody listening. We're coming up close to the one-year anniversary of the show, which I should probably figure out what I'm going to do for that. But as always, I uh, appreciate everybody listening and, you know, Keep on keeping on. Have a good weekend, guys.